to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. And welcome, everybody. This is the Man Up Spiritual Voices for Men podcast. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys. This is podcast number 154. Hard to believe. And we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas. So grab a globe, spin it around. Bang! You're probably in blue. Make your way to Texas. And you can find Texas because we are the state that is starting to open up. So the ants are starting to come out of the anthill a little bit. Go to the southeast corner of Texas, and that is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland, And in various places around Sugarland is where we are at. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys. But each of us are on this individual faith journey. And so we're, we're so glad that you joined us because we talk about things that you can't just talk about with anybody. You can find us on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts. We're on Facebook at Man-Up. We have a website, which is at man-upspiritualoasis.com. So, and looking for the podcast, you may have to type in uh, Man Up Spiritual Oasis. You may have to just type in man up or in quotations man up and you will find us this is podcast number 154 and we use different texts that we go through and essentially we do a uh, abf adult bible fellowship or sunday school lesson and uh, we talk about it we peel it back like an onion we put a man's spin on it and we update it as well. And each of us are individuals and I'll go ahead and uh, I will introduce uh, the fellows in just a moment, <clears throat> just because each of them bring a different viewpoint. We're in, this is a uh, publication from Baptist Way Press. We've been going through it now. I believe this is the 12th lesson. This is, Miracles, the transforming power of Jesus. And this lesson 12 is the great dilemma, but it's going to deal with a couple of things that I just want to just uh, go right out front with. This is total man subject. And as I introduce the panel, uh, just have them give. And you'll once you listen and you get to know us a little bit, You'll probably be able to guess our position, but for some of you that are just tuning in, um, we have a very diverse panel, but uh, politically, we may be a little bit different than what you are in your part of the country and part of the world, because we have people from all over that listen to this podcast. So typically, we don't necessarily uh, mix uh, politics uh government taxes uh, with religion but you know what we're men and we're going to do it on this one so uh and i'll start with myself my name is uh, bill cox i'm uh, basically a uh, a contractor is is what my job is but my background is that i'm from michigan was raised on a farm 
and uh, <clears throat> uh, also a bit of a creative type. And politically, I, I'm, I'm, I'll just didn't be right up front. I'm a little bit to the right. I believe in strong local government, but uh, federally, I think it should be a loose uh, confederation because I don't think the, uh, we necessarily have a whole lot in common with uh, each other states and, and, and we're Texans anyway. So uh, basically a, a little uh, intro into me and go ahead and uh, I'll introduce uh, our next panelist. Uh, <clears throat> he is a world-class policy writer, also a bit of professional gambler and uh, uh, that's Mr. Steve Titch. Yeah, hi. Uh, I'm from originally from New York, uh, lived in Chicago a long time, up from, from up north, a Yankee in Texas, uh, got here as soon as I could, uh, which has been now almost 15 years now. Uh, and I lean uh, libertarian, um, a large, and, and toward the right side of the spectrum. Um, the reason, and the reason we're doing this is because we're going to talk a lot, the, the, the passage of Matthew that gets into uh, what you owe the government, uh, what, what, how you should obey the government if you're a Christian. And um, this passage, of course, um, just as one of the sections, Paul, in his letter, uh, talks about obeying the earthly laws uh, and earthly authorities. And it's, of course, interesting that we're doing this right now. Once again, it dovetails into our times because going on out there uh, is a, a lot of active protest against, uh, in, in many states, against government, particularly against the lockdowns. Um, some believe they've gone too far. Uh, so it, it plays in a bit to, this plays in very much to what we're talking about now, just to get get things rolling. I'll talk about this more as we go around, but uh, there we are. Uh, uh, and other to say, uh, maybe one more thing to say in opening ceremony, the gospel writers and Paul had no idea of democracy when they wrote this. Uh, to them, the king was, the king or emperor was absolute, uh, or in Israel, the temple government was the absolute authority, and that authority indeed was supposed was 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 supposed was taught as ordained by God directly, not not as part of a God's plan the way sometimes we believe now, but that the 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 king was directly appointed by God, and that of course continued through the Middle Ages, uh, and that you know the, the idea of democracy or republican government, popular sovereignty is only about really 300 years old when it started to get talked about, and of course about, two, about 235 in this country. There we are. Excellent, and it's uh, funny you talk about the man because we have a representative of uh, government, or the man. He's an attorney, but he's also a prosecutor, and uh, so he could defend you, throw the book at you. Uh, Michael Cropper. Yes, Bill, a very lovable, likable guy from the government. That's right. Okay, attitude. This is my uh, my my taking on the lesson that we're looking at. And uh, uh, Steve hinted at it a little bit. And and folks, if it, let me go ahead and just throw it out to you. If you grew up in Sunday school and went to church at all, uh, you've heard the story about Jesus and uh, having Peter go 
get a fish and take money out of it to pay their temple taxes. And Steve alluded to that with, with the synagogue and the authority that they exercise over the people at that time. And just prior to go, my mentioning my uh, start of this lesson, I want to go over this and remind you folks, the last lesson we dealt with was about the occasional problem we cannot solve. And the disciples were not able to cast out a demon, although they had authority to cast out demons. And you folks, you'll remember if you listened last time or you read the text with us, it had to do with the father bringing his son to the to the uh, uh, nine of the disciples while the other three were with Jesus on a mountain. And they were not able to cast out the uh, the demon from the son, although they had been given the authority to do it. And Jesus explained to the disciples when they asked him about why they couldn't cast it out, because he indeed went ahead and cast out the demon and healed the son. He explained the disciples need to spend more time praying and fasting to have the power to cast out the demon. In other words, they were not prayed up or fasted up to handle the stubborn demon. Now, let's come to today's lesson. Uh, this lesson is about fulfilling sometimes to some people an unpleasant obligation with the right attitude. And of course, one of the book called Miracles, uh, a Connect 360 series. And we have looked at Jesus casting out demons, raising the dead, healing the sick, feeding the multitude with a fraction of food, calming the storm while he was in a boat, walking in the water on the Sea of Galilee. Today, our story deals with Peter actually catching a fish, as I mentioned, and taking a coin out of its mouth. And the the author, uh, it's kind of difficult because it doesn't seem like he appears to, to believe that that's a miracle, the taking of the coin out of the fish's mouth. Instead, he, he says that the attitude of, uh, of Peter here in wanting to give tax or pay taxes, which Jesus suggests to him, to pay the temple tax is what the whole miracle is of the lesson itself. Bill will read this this text in a short time, and, and, and again, if you have not heard this story, uh, Bill will read it. When I read the lesson, I see that Peter's attitude, I, I pardon me, I do not see that Peter has an attitude in, in giving at all was a problem. I do see that Jesus presented to his disciples, in this case it's to Peter specifically, that God can perform a miracle to help us fulfill a financial obligation, even if it's taxes to our government. And Bill has mentioned that quite aptly, that, that according to the scripture, we are supposed to give our government respect, even if we don't agree with what's going on with them. Even if we see corrupt, uh, pardon me, judges, we see corrupt politicians, corrupt prosecutors, we are still we are still to give them respect because God has placed them in the position that they are in. All right, Bill. Excellent. And uh, I'm glad you included prosecutors when you're talking about corrupt. You know? <laughs> and uh, I want to go to uh, our next panelist. He's a uh, world-class trainer at a fortune 100 uh, company, uh, I assume it's still uh, 100 now that the oil prices are seem to be going back up. So, uh, <laughs> and that is uh, Professor Robert Koshu. Yes, from negative 32 to positive 35 closing today. So, 
very happy. So, Steve, we're going to do the time we're in. So, I am just going to, in case you're listening to this at a much later date, because all of our podcasts, as Bo alluded to, are archived on SoundCloud, and you can get to them from our webpage. But today is May the 20th, 2020. So, we are in the middle of the COVID-19 panic. So, just kind of want to level set that so everybody's aware of exactly um, where we are in this. Um, so before I start, let me kind of say, Steve and Bill kind of both did this. So I am a native Houstonian who grew up in Texas with all that that entails. Um, and not only that, but grew up kind of on the industrial east side of Glenda Park, raised by Franklin Delano Roosevelt Democrats and became a Reagan Republican. So just kind of set you up where my background is on this. And this is one of those times, and we'll get into it. I, I, I went and dove pretty deeply where you have to look at scripture in context. And this is one of my pet peeves of 99.9% .9 of people is they want to pull one verse out of scripture make a point with it, use it, and then thump their head on the pulpit or thump their head on the desk and say, this is how it is because this says this right here in Scripture. And it really kind of drives me nutty, like beyond nutty, because you have to look at it in context. You have to understand what was going on, first of all, what's the whole context of this, and we'll get into where this came from and why this tax had to be paid. The historical thing, Steve did a great job of alluding to the fact that practically no one in this day and time had an idea of anything of democracy. It was all kings and rulers and emperors. And much like how we talk about employment and slaves in kind of the same way back then, back then when we've talked about slaves obey your masters, master treat your slaves with respect conversations we've had you know there were some people that were employed but the vast majority of people weren't earning wages most people were slaves or they had their own farm or the economy in the sense that we think of it didn't exist so you have to put it in that historical context secondly so first of all look at you know not just one little thing but what's going on the context of the story the historical context and then lastly you have to look at everything that happens in scripture in light of other scriptures. Otherwise you end up with the guy, you know, who says a prayer and he says, you know, Lord, I'm going to open the Bible. Show me what you want me to do. And he opens it up and he sees the scripture that says Judas went and hung himself and goes, Lord, that can't be right. So he shuts the Bible says, Lord, show me something. He opens it and the Bible says, go and do likewise. <laughs> you know, you, you end up with those kind of stuff pieces and comments. And so, you know, I would, you know, we'll talk at length about this, but that's kind of one of my pet peeves on this. When you start talking about any of these subjects, you have to look at it from all of the context pieces that are out there. Uh, very good. Uh, and our final panelist, uh, he's from Louisiana, uh, insurance guy, also a class deacon, but he's a veteran, uh, like myself, a Navy veteran, uh, and that's Kyle Trahan. Kyle, go ahead and uh, give us your basic uh, overview. 
Well, I'm also an entrepreneur, and uh, for for those in America, will understand we get taxed a little bit harder uh, than others because we we pay both sides of the, you know, some of the taxes and everything that an employer will usually pick up. So, um, I've always had uh, fun issues and, and complaints about uh, our taxation system. Um, ever since I was a very young kid and, and started realizing what all it was. And uh, you look into the corruption of how that money is used, which I'm sure at that same time, the disciples were looking at that same thing. I mean, this is going to Rome or well, this is going to the temple, uh, actually, this particular tax. But, you know, at that same time, I'm sure there was plenty of follies that they made as far as spending the money. And so there, it, there was there was no transparency. <laughs> you get, I'm sure. I mean, you get even even every now and then in the, in, the, in our country, you can you can you can find when you know the old the six hundred dollar ashtray. There's some accountability sometimes. There's absolute. There was, I'm sure there was very little transparency, even even among the Pharisees as to what was going. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. So, you know, it's, to me, it's, it's much like today. We can't find a balanced budget to save our life. Um, and so it's like, ah, I got to pay my taxes and why? So, you know, I totally get where they were in having to pay a tax, whatever it was for. You know, uh, the, the author brings it forward to a, a tithe and a tax you know, kind of a concept versus, you know, tithe versus uh, taxes. And, you know, the, the taxes are mostly something that is, is a mandatory type of thing. And that tithe is something uh, he brought it again forward that I want to, I want to give my money. And it's, it's a, this, this lesson will challenge me to change my perception on taxes. All right, excellent. And with that, uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, read the scripture. It's Matthew 17, 24 through 27. When they came to Capernaum, the collectors of the two drachma tax went up to Peter and said, does your teacher not pay the tax? He said, yes. And when he came into the house, Jesus spoke to him first, saying, What do you think, Simon? From who do kings of the earth take toll or tax? From their sons or from others? And when he said, From others, Jesus said to him, Then the sons are free. However, not to give offense to them, go to the sea and cast a hook and take the first fish that comes up, and when you open its mouth, you will find a shekel. Take that, give it to them for me, and for yourself. Yeah, I'm kind of like, I I'm, I'm, don't remember which one of you, I, it was hard for me to see this as a miracle uh, that Jesus performed. But I can see why the uh, author included it, and he titled it The Great Dilemma. Christians should have an attitude of respect for the government. And 
And, you know, I get that. But I was also raised, my grandparents were Mennonites and I attended the church. And I remember them giving to the church and being an inquisitive grandchild. And I asked them why they did it. And my grandpa said, you can look at a person's checkbook ledger and see not only where their money goes, but where their heart goes to. And that always made a lot of sense to me. They gave money, but they also gave their interest and they gave pride in the church as far as the tithe and did it willingly. So, and like, we're getting ready. We need to take our hard break. Uh, this is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. We will be right back. You are listening to the Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. Originating out of Sugarland, Houston, Texas, USA, it's the faith-based man podcast that women enjoy too. Called authentic, timely, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been encouraging and entertaining audiences since 2016 and continues to be one of the fastest-growing shows in its segment. Want to book a speaker, show, or post a comment? Go to Man Up on Facebook or our website, www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And now, back to the No Church Answers Tour and the Fellows of Man Up. And welcome back to this Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men, podcast number 154. We're in Lesson 12 of the Connect 360, Miracles, the Transforming Power of Jesus, this is called The Great Dilemma, and we're talking about Matthew 17, 24 through 27, about collecting of the tax. I'm going to get Mr. Steve Titch, your basic uh, deep dive into this lesson. Well, some, some interesting things happen here. First of all, they ask, they ask Peter about Jesus. Does your, does your teacher not pay the tax? kind of a double negative, and Peter says yes, as in he doesn't, <laughs> or, um, and then Jesus kind of again engages in a conversation that, you know, from who do the kings of the earth take the toll or tax from their sons or from others, and he says, well, from others, which is, which is true. They don't tax their own kin, apparently, and maybe, you know, there's exemptions, and then then Jesus, you know, puts this little miracle into play. The drachmas come up. Of course, if this were, you know, now those drachmas would be taxed as income as well. But we'll leave that aside. Um, but Jesus seems to basically say, pay pay your taxes, uh, you know, to not cause offense. However, not to give offense to them. Go to the sea. And, and so, in other words, he's kind of almost, he's almost saying that these these taxes are are not necessarily part of your practice of faith. Um, don't give offense, which maybe was an, an interesting thought um, because you know one of the things we one of the things I think Christians legitimately can talk about because uh, uh, is is taxes because yeah there is a difference between tithing and taxing and you mentioned it Bill. Uh, tithing you give freely, and you know the idea is ten percent. We've talked about that on past podcasts. Taxes are mandatory, and uh, you know aside from obeying the law, 
uh, which we you know, which we really are called on to do. Um, should we? I mean, take a look at, at times. Should when when we believe taxes are too high, should we protest that? Should we vote against high taxes? Uh, I mean, California was famous for proposition was Proposition 13 way back when when they cut their property tax growth. And and even now, and without getting into debate about that, there there there's there's some consequences of that today. Uh, but aside from that, going back to what, what some Christians talk about, and, and we tend to be here on more conservative, um, what, what we want to, what, the tax question, at least the political tax question for us in America is how much do we want the government to be an agency of our religion? Uh, and then we can, we can look, no matter where we stand on this political spectrum, we can find scriptural, um, scriptural backup. Uh, if you go over to Sojourners, the, 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 they're, they're, a, they're very, very liberal Christians. They would argue that a redistributive tax scheme where, where, where basically wealthy were taxed 50, 60, 70%, even perhaps a wealth tax, is ethical to equal up for, for the so-called economic justice. Uh, on, on the other side, you can say, well, a certain point it becomes theft because you're taking, a, you're ta you're taking something away from someone uh, who has earned that. Uh, and, and besides, you know, as a libertarian, I can argue that individuals and smaller agencies are better at directing their money and investment into community and and meet into needs than the larger government agency. You go back to your federal question. So, but that's a legitimate debate. I'm going back to that. It's a legitimate debate. I'm, I'm not going to get into the arguments of either one. But yeah, with, as Christians, you you have there is a role for Christians in the public square. I believe no matter you know, and you're going to it's going to depend. And but at the same time, there's no political party that the Bible affiliates with. That's interesting. Michael Cropper. Hey, I, I want to chime in real quick on something Steve said. So I used Do to it. be a property tax reduction specialist. So I used to fight <laughs> the government to try and lower taxes. <laughs> but it's, legal. It's, it's perfect. In our, now, in our system, this is all legal. We have this. This is really where, you know, the, the big the big my my big issue with um, people who lead that obey obey earthly powers, you know, throw that oh you know goodness heavens we're being taxed at fifty percent obey earthly powers. This is we we live in a legislative society. The law allows us to vote. The law allows us to to influence our legislators to vote the legislators we, we want, and and that's the way the process works. We as a people do not have to just simply accept what our rulers decide. Oh yeah, tell that to the it, Supreme it, Court, it, buddy. Tell that to the Supreme Court, Steve. Yeah, but what, what, look at what happens at the nomination of any Supreme Court justice right now. <laughs> yeah, he, goes, he unfortunately gets appointed with the party. <laughs> All right, now let's discuss it. Uh, yeah, I want to go back to the lesson text, guys, just for a minute. What I sense here and what I sense from Jesus 
even though he refers this as a temple tax or, or a payment for the maintenance of the temple, which everybody's obligated to do, I sense that he is referring to the Roman government here when he's talking about paying this tax. So I did a little looking up, uh, and, and I found uh, that that as far as we can tell, and I'm, 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 uh, I'm reading an answer from a commentary here, as far as we can tell, it was sometime after the time of Nehemiah that the half shekel became a compulsory annual tax to all Jews. And of course, you see Matthew 17, 24, which we are reading in. And after the destruction of the temple in AD 70, it was continued as a special tax by the Romans under the name of Fiscus, F-I-S-C-U-S, Judaeus, Judaeus. It sounds like Judas, right? But Judaeus. So to add insult to injury, it was paid into the treasury of Jupiter Capitolinius. I wonder if that's where we get the word capital, but anyway, Capitolinius in Rome. So the while it was a tax for the maintenance of the temple, which by the way, guys, personally, I look at that as a building fund, a maintenance fund, and uh, it was actually that the Roman government took it over. And that's why we see some reference in our uh, 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 text here to paying the uh, paying the fee to the government and and Jesus stating uh, some reference that makes me believe that the actual the payment is to the to the government and not to the synagogue. Well, this is I, I, maybe I don't you you could you can check me because Robert or, or knows may know a little more about this because it seems there's two governments there's 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 the government of Judea, uh, which is like... Which I don't, get too, pretty, don't get too technical no, no, there, no, Steve. No, just no, tell no, us no, what no, it no, is. It's just government. No, I'm not getting technical. Who seems to have a lot of power. The Sanhedrin. They, yeah, they're right, like absolutely. a religious government. It's a, it's a kind of a little theor, theocratic yes. province within... Now, now and, and it's really... It was, it was a very collaborative... We, we, again, we've talked about that in the past, but the deal was... That the Pharisees and the leaders and Herod all agreed with the Romans, let us be Jews. We don't make us put Caesar in our temple, and we promise popular cooperation. We'll, you know, we'll 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 keep the rebel rebellion down. And so you have the Sanhedrin, you had you have cases in Acts where the Sanhedrin, well, the Sanhedrin arrests Jesus, and then after Jesus, after the ascension and after Pentecost, they're arresting Jews. Then you got on top of that the Romans, which of course you know are employing Matthew as a tax collector. So there's, but I think here, I think here this is interesting. It seems to be all about the temple tax, all about the Judean religious government. Unless, unless my no, correct me. Unless this idea of you know the the, the Romans had already basically um, you know seconded that uh, <laughs> or basically usurped that. As in, into the case you're thinking, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure when that happened, but it seems it was the Pharisees that, 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 that came to Jesus about this, and it seems to be more of a discussion on the level of what is owed the temple, which, I'm not, which, which is, is more than just, you know, the local church. I think it's the local government. Okay. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I agree. It's a temple tax. What, what I see, though, uh, if we were compared to that, I wouldn't compare it to the tithe, like the... Uh, like the author makes reference, I would compare it to a building maintenance fund, or or sometimes we are asked to pay uh, additional fees to add on to our church. 
or to improve uh, the church in such a way that it needs to grow, whatever it is. We sometimes call that a building fund. Now, uh, going back to, once again, I, I think the, the lesson, my personal belief is that it's about attitude. Okay. Uh, the bills, we have, practically speaking, separating us from the lesson for a minute, going back to our real life, the bills we have are limitless. Sometimes uh, they're unexpected. They can be exasperating if we own a house, a car, a family, a wife. Uh, anyway, our, our, this would include house payment, insurance, car notes, car insurance, water bill, electric bill. We have to buy clothes. So we have to continually buy our clothes to wear, gasoline, maintenance on our house, car, appliances, unexpected repairs for all these. And so when you're confronted with something you do not like, uh, how do you handle it? The question is, do you get angry or do you accept the problem and uh, deal with it? Uh, do you do it? Depends on the problem. Yeah. Do you do it with joy or do you do it with rage? And my suggestion here, that the lesson is about fulfilling an unpleasant obligation with the right attitude. This is the way I see it. I think the, the lesson is about life in general, and we have a perplexing events in our lives that cost us time and money which we may not be expecting. Uh, for instance, and, and I remind you of Robert's house flooded and Kyle's house flooded a few years ago. Now, what did they do? It's not whether you get perplexed, it's not whether you get angry, it's what you do after you evaluate the situation. Here in this case, they've evaluated the situation with the two drachma tax, and Jesus says, you know, I don't really have to pay it as a son of God, but we want to do it because it's, the right thing to do, and we don't want to offend the temple, the uh, temple tax collectors. We don't want to tempt. We don't want to offend our followers, our disciples, other people that may be watching us. And here, what I watched Kyle, I watched Robert dive in to this event, this massive restoration of the houses, and they did it with a good attitude. In fact, after a short time, they were able to smile. So, again, my perspective is that this lesson is about attitude and watching God get involved, even in our taxes. Hey, Bill. Yeah, it, leave it to the prosecutor to take the politics out of it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you think so? <laughs> yeah, uh, Professor Koshu. So, yeah, it, 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 Steve's right. It was kind of a dual religious thing, and Mike has a good point, too, with the the way the taxes were, but this was a tax that all all Jewish men over the age of 20 were expected to pay. And expected meaning you would be in violation, not of the Roman civil law, but in violation of the Jewish religious law, which at that yeah. point was just as important as the, you know, for the people of. Now, what's most interesting about this is this occurs in Capernaum. So up north, on the Sea of Galilee. So not four chapter, five chapters later, sorry, my math is fuzzy tonight. In Matthew 22, you see he gets asked about the Roman tax. And I just think it, it's one of my favorite ones, favorite ones of the whole bunch because a couple of Pharisees go see Jesus and they're hanging out with the Herodians and the Herodians were the party of Herod. And they weren't really supposed to be hanging out together. <laughs> it was kind of, you know, the Pharisees are all about the religious law and everything. And he goes up to them, and they, they go up to Jesus, and they ask him, hey, do you pay, is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? 
you know, and they're kind of like going, huh, we're going to get him with this because he's trapped. And so he actually asked for a coin. And one of the Pharisees pulls a coin out. This is the best part about it. And he hands it to Jesus. And Jesus kind of looks at the coin and turns it around. And I kind of get this picture of him holding it. And he'll turn it over and look the other side. And then he looks back at it. And he holds it up to him. And he says, and whose picture's on the coin? And it's a picture of Caesar on the coin. And the funny, where it becomes funny is the Pharisees aren't even supposed to be carrying the coins. They could go get them and immediately drop them in taxes for Caesar, but they're not supposed to really carry them around because it's considered a false image. So it would be idolatry in the way they perceive the law to be carrying it. And they kind of answer him, well, it's Caesar's picture. And he goes, okay, so pay to Caesar what Caesar's and give to God what's God's. Um, a couple of other places in addition to the passage from Romans we talked about earlier. Also in Titus, it talks about um, reminding us to submit to our rulers and authorities. And then in 1 Peter 2, 13-14, submit to every human authority because of the law. And then in Hebrews 13, 17, obey your leaders and submit to them. This is what I'm talking about when you talk about put it all in context. Now, here's where the context comes as we've discussed many times over when we've studied David, who we've studied lots, David wrote the vast majority of the Psalms. A lot of them refer back into the rights of a king and how a king is supposed to behave. If you look at Proverbs written by Solomon, who didn't follow his own wisdom, by the way, a lot of times, Proverbs, you could make an argument, was really written and directed at kings that followed Solomon as far as the wisdom they should have and how they're supposed to judge and how they're supposed to treat people and what they're supposed to be doing. And then finally, and this was something, you know, we, when we first ran across this a while back, I had not even remembered it. But in Deuteronomy 17, 14 through 19, while the Israelites are running around in the wilderness, you know, they have Moses leading them, and it starts out with, when you enter the land the Lord your God is giving you, take possession of it, live it, and say, I will set a king over me like all nations around me. Then it gives them a list of things. You know, the king isn't supposed to be some, one of them. He's not allowed to acquire many horses for himself or send the people back to Egypt to acquire horses. He... Um, can't acquire many wives for himself. He's not to acquire very large amounts of silver and gold. When he's seated on the throne, he's to write a copy of the instruction on a scroll and that he's supposed to keep it and read from it and have it all the time so that his heart is not exalted above his countrymen. And so it's one of those, when you look at it in context, there's a few verses when we're talking about that tell us we have to submit to authorities. But much like a lot of other things in scripture, there is a ton of stuff written to leaders and authorities and how they're supposed to act towards people. And so it's one of those, it's a, it's a double-edged sword. And Steve is right. We're fortunate enough that we live in a place, if you don't like it, go vote differently. You know, it, one of the that drove me the craziest about my parents was, as I mentioned before, they were Franklin Delano Roosevelt Democrats who Franklin Delano Roosevelt ended the depression. 
The Republicans caused it. It was all their fault. And if it hadn't been for Roosevelt, we wouldn't have been saved. That's a discussion for another time. But that's what they truly, truly believe. And so because of that, no matter what the Democrats said, they would have voted for him. And I'd be sitting with my dad talking. And my dad's, you know, complaining, you know, after some laws had been passed by the Democrat, by a Democrat legislature to do certain, to do some things with gun control. And my dad was sitting there going, I don't understand. Oh, it's my gun, my rod. I need to keep my gun. Dad, you voted for the guy. <laughs> they did this because you voted for them. <laughs> so if right. you don't like it, then vote what your convictions are. Now, I, I will also be the first to tell you, and I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but I know you guys have heard me say it in class. The absolute positive worst thing in my mind that ever happened to American Christendom is we wrapped the American flag around it. Amen. Do you vote with your beliefs? Yes. Is Christianity and Americanism separate? Absolutely. I am a Christian first. I'm going to say I'm a Texan second and then an American the third because, you know, I'm from Texas and that's how we roll. But, you know, you vote your convictions based on that. And, and the other thing I'll tell people is, you know, because there are times I voted for candidates, and I'll admit I held my nose and voted for them. And people were like, well, he doesn't believe everything you believe. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, I'm looking at two legitimate choices here, you know, and one of them is going to be there. I've got to vote the guy that's closest to what I want and closest to what I believe when I look at the two side by side especially if I'm presented with two choices within that. And so you're not electing a priest, you're electing a president or a congressman or a mayor or a county judge or whatever you're doing. You vote with what you believe and you put that around it, but don't wrap your politics into your religion to that extent. Because I, I, I am, I'm a, I'm a hardcore believer that, that that is one of the worst things that ever happened to American Christendom. And notice I said at the beginning, I was a Reagan Republican. With all that that meant. So right. Back to you, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks so much, uh, Kyle. Uh, your impression of this uh, lesson? You know, sometimes I hate following the historian and <laughs> theologians, and you know, all you crazy folks that I get to sit in with. Uh, which you get to bring it down. That, yeah, but I, I like your take because your take is normal. <laughs> you get to make it real. Um, you know, so back to the, the lesson here off the full politics, I know that's an easy rabbit hole that, uh, that we can get into because of this lesson and the taxes and all, um, uh, I think it was you, Bill, that said something, you know, or maybe it was somebody that said it first, uh, about, you know, kind of how this was a miracle. I think this kind of ties back to last week's um, where they, in my head anyway, reading last week's, they were having trouble getting the demon out, couldn't uh, get the demon out. And it was because of their unbelief in one way or another, something crept into their mind and was interfering with the flow of God's power through them to be able to expel this demon. And so this fish 
kind of takes me to that same thing. You know, uh, Peter is told to go throw a hook over the side of the boat and you're going to catch money. Now, I mean, if you take it to today's thing and the guys go out fishing somewhere and they bring home a good fish, well, it's going to bring money, which would ultimately pay that tax. But that's not what Jesus said. He said, go throw your line over and the first fish you're going to yank out of the water is going to produce enough coinage to satisfy this tax that we're supposed to pay. And that had to take a lot of faith. You know, even Peter, throughout most of the the New Testament, it's stated several times that these, these guys, the disciples, the ones closest with Jesus, walking with him, talking with him, eating with him, living with him, praying with him, uh, being taught by him, still didn't get it. They just didn't get it. Uh, I mean, they all left him when he, 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 they didn't understand. And so at that moment, I wonder if Peter even understood, even if he went and did it, uh, obviously he went and did it and, and caught a, a coin, caught a fish with a coin and it paid the tax. But did he understand it even to then? You know, even at that moment, uh, uh, you know, um, I, I still think I, I would have been doubting Thomas. You know, I, I'm, I'm sorry. He, it's, but at the same side, if I walk with Jesus, would have I understood more? You know, or I don't know. It's such a hard concept. You know, especially today, we, we don't have a walking, talking Jesus amidst us to be able to shed that light. And so faith in general, I think, is a tough, tough thing, you know, to be able to understand, to be able to realize, and to be able to say, if God wills it, which at that moment Jesus did, then it can come to pass. And if I have faith enough, faith the size of a mustard seed, wouldn't it? And can move a mountain. And that to me, I don't know, you know, maybe I'm still an infant and I'm still sucking on milk uh, to, to understand all of it, you know. Um, but it, it just takes real faith. And it's something that I try to put forth every day for myself. I don't know. Excellent. And um, as we as we prepare to go ahead and wind this uh, podcast number one fifty four down and get some takeaways from the fellows, uh, I'm just uh, one thing about this. Uh, my faith journey, my faith walk, uh, has been long, but it's been kind of a mosaic. And I think what this lesson is trying to teach me um, is, well, I, I'm from uh, Michigan, which is uh, a union state. Um, I was in the military, so I was actually property of the government. Um, I live in Texas, which is a right to work state, which is actually means right to quit state. You can quit your job and, and search for a, a better one. And 
I, I, what this lesson speaks to me and says, you know, yes, uh, you have to give your tribute or your tax to the government, but don't let that government tarnish your walk or interfere or make you stumble in your walk. Government is government, but faith is faith. And I look at the different, uh, different types of government that, and governmental situations that, that I've lived under myself. And certainly, uh, you know, they haven't been necessarily as oppressive as, as some of you that are out there listening have been, but they certainly have been, you know, quite different uh, and the relationship has, but I've tried to not let that affect uh, my faith walk. And, and I think that uh, to me, that's, that's a big part of this particular lesson. And I want to go ahead and get, uh, uh, some final words uh, from the rest of the fellows and uh, start with Mr. Steve Titch for some takeaways. Well, I like what you said there. You're, you're not going to get what you want spiritually from the political process. Um, and I'll say the USA is not the new Jerusalem. Neither, it is it, neither is it the, the new Sodom and Gomorrah. It's, it's a country. Uh, one of the best things about it is that we can worship as we please. And, and actually, you look back over, over 2,000 years of history, whenever religion gets tied up with government too closely, we get far from the kingdom. Uh, we, we get a lot of problems. Uh, so, yeah, the libertarian in me says the further away government stays from religion, the better for everyone and the better even for our church. Uh, we are, we are Christians first, as, as, as Robert said. We are, we are brothers and sisters with Christians around the world. Uh, we are brothers and sisters with Christians in this country. That, that transcends everything. And, you know, you look at this, and Jesus almost treats the tax as, you know, a brush off. Here, go, go cut up with a fish in here. Here's your, he doesn't get too wrapped up in it. Um, and maybe that's the that's the takeaway. Uh, you know, we're only going to get so far, and not to certainly fight for justice and the way your your conscience sees what that is. Um, but don't don't put your faith in the political process as getting you know what you want. Uh, it's, it's, you can, you can be, you can be Mike, you just basically take it in stride, have a good attitude on the whole thing, uh, or choose your battles when you think you should, but be aware that really only true satisfaction comes in the Lord, not, not in a political candidate, uh, who you may like or, or not. That's what it comes down to. Excellent, Steve. And, uh, some final takeaways uh, from this lesson for you, Michael Cropper. Yeah, Bill. Let me go uh, to something that we have been referring to all evening, and uh, no one has read it. I expected you to read this, one of you to read this first thing, especially Steve or Bill. Romans 13, let, everybody, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. By the way, again, folks, this is Romans 13. And this is what we've referred to all evening long, referring to the government and, and respecting the government. 
and what they do with our taxes and when we pay it to them. Although, however, the, the scripture reading had to do with the tax paid to our church, the synagogue, we've talked about uh, our regular government paying tax to them. So anyway, the authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority, which is our government, is rebelling against what God instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror or fear to those who do right, but they hold the fear of terror for those who do wrong. But I, I'm going to chime in because we talk, and I've got Robert talking about context. Yes, that says that. But what if Dietrich Bonhoeffer, John Calvin spent a lot of time on those verses because he was trying to reconcile vows with the out-and-out -out persecution that was happening in Europe against against Protestants. Um, but then you have theologians like Dietrich Bonhoeffer who spoke up against Hitler. On the, uh, on the other side, a lot more than speak up. And on the other side, for, you, for, for, for us Catholics and former Catholics out there, the legacy of Pope Pius is, 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 is damaged by questions about he didn't. He was he was pope during the 1930s, 20s, 30s, and 40s. That he did not speak up against Mussolini, who was dictator of Italy, and Hitler. That he was too quiet while he knew there were Jews being shipped out of Italy to concentration camps, and and that his country, his country was in alliance with one of the most evil powers. And so, you you again, you come back to context. You come back to where we, what we know now, and that's what's very, that, that's why you've got to be very careful with that verse. Sorry to chime in. But, are, you, are you through, Steve? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, all right. Okay, because I'm not going there. I don't know where you, where you were headed with that, but I, that I'm going to end with something different from, I think, what you were on. Uh, do you want to be free from the fear of one authority or another? Then do what is right, and you will be commended. For the one in authority is God's servant for your good. Now, that can be blown out of perspective. Absolutely, Steve. You can say the government does no wrong, ever. And I, 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 I'm not going to protest about them, but that's not what I was leading to with reading the scriptures. I just wanted to read the verses that we referred to through the, through the uh, lesson itself tonight or through the story that we were referring to. Uh, today's lesson throws a curve of our view on how we should treat our government, even if we know that they are squandering. A big percentage of revenue was, say, collect. Or in your case, you're like you're mentoring, the government was uh, destroying people, killing people. According to today's lesson, God placed the government over us if we read what I just read to you in Romans 13. But my my reference to this has to do with with their spending our money. And, and Steve, you made a very good point earlier. If you disagree with your government, many of our people who are leading our government can be elected and be booted out through our voting. So we should stay, take steps to do that. Uh, I've been critical of some of the ways our government spends our money. However, many of our government officials, and like I said, are elected to their positions. Now, the problem we have, I guess, today is the decisions made from the Supreme Court, and I've made reference to that several times in our past podcast. Uh, if I'm looking at the way I spend my money, I will say this. I can't say that I've been the greatest person 
in the money that God has given me. I've made some uh, embarrassing mistakes. I've not been the best steward with the money that he's given me. Um, I've squandered some money when I shouldn't have. And if I look at it as being his money, then I feel feel bad about that. But the, the point is, I, God has never really condemned me for it if I ask his forgiveness for it. And the same thing, I guess, when we give money to our government, we pay our taxes. If we've got to do that anyway, then 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 the, here my my suggestion is you do it with a want to do it spirit, like the author of our lesson says. I don't necessarily believe that everything the government does is God ordained. If that's what you were referring to earlier, uh, I do think that that he can put them there and he can darn sure take them down if they cross him and if he gives us the power to do it. If he puts the government there, he can also take them down. All right, Bill. Excellent. And uh, some takeaways from you, uh, Professor Koshu. Yeah, I, I just think, like like we said, it's all about context. And, you know, I'll apologize to Steve and Mike. I just, I, I'm a Bonhoeffer nut. I own probably, I think, every book Bonhoeffer's read, written and read through several of them. And, so yeah, his the study of him joining the Abwehr to resist Hitler was amaz is an amazing study. And I, if anybody ever wants to read a really great book, Letters and Papers from Prison, which are all the letters he wrote from prison um, to his family and friends while he was in prison before he got sent. He spent two years in the Teagle um, prison in downtown Berlin before he was shipped off to Flossenburg and martyred. Um, anyway. But yeah, just read it in context. And as I said before, it, it's all about remembering your faith is first. Do you, should you pay your taxes? Yes. Should you obey your laws? Yes. Should you speed on the freeways? No, you can go see Mike if you do. Do, do I follow all of that? No. Do I pay my taxes? <laughs> yeah, actually I do. Do I speed on the freeway? The, the man with the pretty lights on top of his car has asked me a couple of times for my autograph. <laughs> you know, but we're called to obey the law. We're called to obey. And since we live in a country where things can be changed, go vote. Exercise your right. Study up. Figure out. Don't buy one party line versus the other. Go study your candidates. Figure it out and vote. Put your faith into that equation and look at it and see how it goes. I'm going to take a moment and tee up. The net, actually, why don't you go to Kyle and then come back real quick, Bill? And I'll, I'm, I'm going to reserve my right. I think that's called tabling. Um, to come back, I want to tee up our next set a little bit. So go oh, to Kyle. Not a, pro not a problem. And, and uh, get, get uh, the takeaways from today's lesson from Kyle before we go, uh, go have Robert do the teaser. I think Robert said tee up about four times. Are you like jonesing for some golf or something? I'm not sure. I'm jonesing to get out, man, and go do something. <laughs> we're, we're going to we're going to our favorite Mexican restaurant on Saturday, and I am incredibly excited about it. Uh, I I have about 600 miles to drive tomorrow. I am actually so stoked about seeing the countryside uh, because I do a lot of miles normally in my life before this, so. Uh, I am so looking forward to, to getting out. I, I totally get that. Um, but everybody be safe. You know, don't take chances if you don't have to and all this COVID stuff. Um, but to, for, for my thing here, 
you know, with faith, uh, what, what I read, what I learn, what I try to understand, what I believe, with faith, God will provide. You know, and there amidst with Jesus, that had to be a little easier to see because, you know, you saw healing of, of cripples and he gave me, if I was one of the 12, authority to go and heal and cast out demons and, and I would have done it. And I think that would have been a little easier to, you know, with seeing is believing. We've heard many times. Um, the faith is that believing without seeing. But God will provide. It's not always in the way that we want it to be. You know, um, sometimes we got to really search for what he's trying to provide for us. Uh, hey, God, uh, this is not what I saw for me. This is not where I wanted to go. What in the, what in the world are you doing? What, God, please put me back on the path I wanted to be on so that it'll be easier for me. But at the end, it, it always seems that God will provide. And, and you know, I, I relate a lot back to the, the tithing part for this, that, you know, with, with the taxes and all, I, I kind of see it along with the tithing. Concept. It, it's not something that I have to do. It's something that I want to do. Um, although I think they do squander some of that money nicely. Um, but it keeps my roads done. It keeps the schools open, you know, um, that sort of thing. Okay. Um, when I tie, then I give my first 10%. I trust that God will take the money that I give from my own that he has given me. And I trust that he will use it accordingly the ways that he sees fit, not the way I see fit. And when I believe that and I can trust in that, then I also understand that he will provide the needs that I have. And if I can trust in that, then life can be a little easier. You know, again, not always what I saw, not always what I anticipated, not what I wanted. But when it's God's path, he'll provide. He will give us what we need to get through. Excellent. And uh, now for Robert to go ahead and uh, do the teaser on Daniel. So um, we are starting a new book next week. And freely we'll admit until the last couple of weeks here. Miracles. We still got it, 13. We still got one chapter left. <laughs> do we? Yes. But go David ahead. Out they were starting Daniel this week. Well, because uh, well, I'll tell you offline, but, uh, you know. Ah, got it. Okay. Yeah. One more week. <laughs> one more week. All right, I'll come back next week and give it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> back to you, Bill. <laughs> Excellent. And thanks so much for tuning in. This is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men, podcast number one. 54. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can find us on iHeartRadio, uh, Apple Podcasts. We're also, all of our podcasts are archived on SoundCloud. Uh, we have a Facebook page at Man Dash Up and also a website 
which is at man-upspiritualoasis.com, where you can go ahead and post a question. <clears throat> want to encourage each and every one of you that we are now, I believe this is probably what, number 10 that we have done uh, in quarantine, but as the world seems to be getting out of quarantine, uh, in the meantime, encourage you to find online, we have Sugarland Baptist Church, we have our Sunday service where you can go ahead and be a part of that, put it on the biggest screen in your house, participate in our streaming, but want to encourage you as it does open up and you are able to go to church to find a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go. We want you to participate. Find a small group, kind of like what we have here, so you can go ahead and do that ABF and be close and find one that is men only. And if there is one, start one. This is Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You've got Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.